This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. One size fits all seems like a good idea for clothes. Until you try them on. Same goes for healthcare. That's why United Healthcare offers flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental and more. Learn more at UH1.com. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly sponsored by McDelivery, bringing you the food you love. As a city supporter, we know you value delivery, and McDelivery is up there with the very best. You'll always be winning with McDelivery because just like Kevin De Bruyne, McDelivery puts your order right on a plate. So the only thing left to say is, are you in? Order now on the McDonald's app and you can also get rewards points delivered as well. So that ordering today means some tasty rewards for you tomorrow. Only via the app at participating restaurants, 18 plus, rewards registration required, points only on menu items, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. The rain in Spain falls mainly on the plane. And the reigning champions will be welcoming Manchester City, who at the time of recording will probably be on the plane over to Spain. And this is the preview. It's Tuesday the 9th of May. I'm your host, Ollie Kirsch. I'm Adam Booker. And I'm David Powell. And this is the City Report podcast. Manchester United 1, Manchester City 6, it's 2 for Dzeko. Tottenham Hotspur 3, Manchester City 4. They have made the impossible possible. This episode is sponsored by Beer Monster. The best place to grab discounted ales at refreshingly low prices. Grab all of your favourite household names with a wide selection of beers and ales available to choose from and listeners to this show can grab an exclusive fiver off all orders with the discount code CityPod05. That's CityPod05 for an extra £5 off all Beer Monster orders. UK only, terms and conditions apply, drink responsibly. Welcome back to another episode of the City Report podcast and the games are coming thick and fast. Our next fixture is Real Madrid away. We, for me, somewhat fortunate actually to draw Madrid away first leg following the horrors of last season. You always want to be at home. I think, you know, whatever the result happens to be over in Spain, we've got to back us to do the job if we're at the Etihad second leg, right? One of those magical nights. But first, we've got to go to Madrid. And I'm going to start with potentially what is the very biggest question that we've got. Do we try and keep the scores low tomorrow? Or do we just play our game, try and get a big result, and then perhaps be more comfortable at the Etihad? Booker, I'll start with you. What do you reckon? I think you just play your game, but I don't necessarily think that means that you're not trying to keep the scores low. Um I think that this system we've been playing, particularly in the Champions League, um, has kind of given us more solidity playing with sometimes the four center backs and dropping into that 4-4-2 out of possession. And I think it's made City far more solid. And and obviously the kind of um, resurgence of Ruben Diaz post-World post, post World Cup has, has helped that a lot as well. Um, 
I think you go into the game with the same mentality as the Bayern games, which is we may may not necessarily have all of the ball like we're used to, um, but we stay solid. We pick the moments to go forward, and when we do go forward, we have to be ruthless. And if they do that, then then City are are the better team in the tie. Right, but if we're going to be playing our game, we are going to try and be ruthless, etc. On the break, that's fine. But looking at the two legs last year, David. We won the first leg at home, 4-3, and the second leg after extra time, 3-1. Now, that is a lot of goals for a Champions League semi-final. You know, it tends to actually work as, when you take City out of the equation, that as you get into the latter stages, the goals per game actually come down. That wasn't the case, and I think we almost invited a bit of jeopardy into this tie. Firstly, with the way that the whole first leg went, with seven goals between the two sides, and then obviously into the second leg where all hell just broke loose. What would you make of it if we did perhaps go with a, a more cynical approach for the home for the away leg first? Is that something that you want to see? Is it pragmatism here versus you know, perhaps prioritizing? Uh, do we want to? Sorry, do we want to be perhaps a bit more pragmatic and prioritize bringing it back to the Etihad in a good place, or do we just go for it and try and batter them? I don't think it's something I would want us to be that pragmatic about it, but I do think you've seen scenarios this season already where we've started to be a little bit better and a little bit more street smart with the the dark arts, as they call it, the Harlan time-wasting, the Edison time-wasting. I think it's something that maybe we've now been told, look, you, you can't be going and trying to smash in a fifth and sixth when you're playing Real Madrid in the first leg. You need to be a little bit smarter about the approach and trying to kill games off or just manage them a little bit better. Like There's no team who's better at managing the ball and keeping the ball than Man City. So, yeah, like I said, I don't think it'd be something I'd particularly want to see. I'm used to seeing City just go out and play our game, not change for anyone. However, if we did that in the first leg and, and tried to get a 1-0, a 2-1, I would not be too upset about it. We've, we've had some pretty good results in the Champions League in previous years against big sides, PSGs and stuff like that, that I think it'd be good. Um, yeah, I, I, I'll take either, to be honest with you. I'm just, I'm just buzzing for the game, and I think we are going to win both ties. Well, I think the good thing is this, this City side seems far more adaptable in the competition than they have in the past. I think that, obviously, City are going to try and be reactive, and they'll have a game plan, and they'll, they'll try and go out and, and kind of instill that game plan upon the game from the off. But if for some reason, this is probably unlikely, but if for some reason... Real Madrid's game plan is go out, have most of the ball, and, and pin City deep into their apps. C- City can deal with that now. We we've seen them, we've seen them, you know, handle situations where they don't have all the ball against Bayern in, in both legs. Bayern had, I think, more of the ball in both legs until maybe the last 10, 15 minutes of, of the second leg. Um, and St- City still come away with four goals across two legs there. So so they have the ability to pick their moments, pick their moments, or they have the ability to camp on the edge of the box, pick little passes in behind to unlock, you know, a, a back six or seven, whatever, you know, Ancelotti wants to set up in. So I think that's what's given a lot more, including me, a lot more of the fan base, a bit, a bit of positivity this year in the competition is it used to, it used to feel like we had to have perfect, perfect game plans and they had to be executed to a T. And if they weren't perfect, we're going to get the sucker punch or we're going to get knocked out. But City feel like they, for the first time, they have the options, the tactical flexibility to kind of deal with the ebbs and flows. So 
Um, I think it's good that we can't predict, you know, the way with the way the tie may play out, but I don't think City are worried about that. And talking of the differences between City of last season and City this season, it's also a very different opposition. Now, personnel-wise, they aren't massively different. Obviously, they failed in their attempt to sign Erling Haaland, who picked the biggest small club in the world. They've uh, failed to sign Kylian Mbappe last summer. But outside of the transfer window and on the pitch, Real Madrid are not what they were last season. So last season, they won La Liga on 86 points. They currently sit in third on 68 with a maximum of 83. Not only their points total, they are currently sat a point behind Atletico. And Barcelona need three more points, one more win out of the last five games to secure the title. It's not only a resurgent Barca this season, but Real Madrid have dropped off significantly from the levels that they achieved last season. However, they have won Copa del Rey, I believe it is, um, a couple of days back. So, Real Madrid's cup aura is still alive and well, judging by the Copa del Rey. They have that magic touch in the Champions League. Adam, I'm going to come straight back to you because you watch a lot more Spanish football than I do. Uh, I follow it. I like looking at the results, but I don't watch much of it, to be honest. So, tell me a little bit about what is going on with Madrid this season. What's caused the drop-off? And are they capable of reaching the levels that they did last season to perhaps cause another upset against City? Well, for a start, they've had a lot of injuries this season. And I think coming into this uh, to this first leg, they'll be without Eder Militao, who's probably their best centre-back and one of the best centre-backs in Europe at the moment. But like you said, with Real Madrid, it, it feels like they could be in a relegation scrap in La Liga and they'll still be one of the favourites to win the Champions League. It's just, it's just what they do. They, they always show up. And it's been like that in the past. I mean, since the Pep era at Barca... La Liga has kind of been Barca's title and the Champions League has been Real Madrid. It didn't really matter where Real Madrid was in La Liga. They, they always found a way through in the Champions League. So their kind of weird, inconsistent form in La Liga, um, it doesn't... If, if I were a Real Madrid fan, it wouldn't worry me in the slightest because they show up on on the Tuesdays and Wednesday nights at the Bernabeu. That's when they 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 turn into that kind of well-oiled machine that always finds a way. And yeah, it, it wouldn't worry me in the slightest because with, with this Real Madrid team, it seems like over 180 minutes of a tie, they could be, the, you know, they, they may not be the better team for 170 minutes of it, but in that 10 minutes, they win the tie. You know, with Benzema, with with Vinicius, with Rodrigo, who who obviously scored two of the goals that that knocked City out last season. He's been in in fine form as well. I think he had a brace in the in the cup final this past weekend. Um, their their La Liga form is is basically irrelevant to this. Um, they're going to be playing probably the same way they played last season, which was pick their moments on the break and and try to be solid at the back. Um, so. Yeah, it's hard to explain their their La Liga form this year. Barca have also been really good. I think they've conceded. They may still have only conceded like single digit goals in La Liga. I don't know if you have the table in front of you, but they it's yeah. But Barca only conceded eleven um, last season. For perspective, Madrid won the title conceding thirty one. Yeah, so so Barcelona have also been ridiculous. And with Real Madrid, it kind of seems like they get to a point where they stay right. We're not winning the title. And once once they're kind of out of title mode in in La Liga, they just switch off. They focus on the Champions League. If they're still in the Copa del Rey, they focus on that. 
and what do you know? They're in a semifinal and they just won, won the cup final. So, uh, yeah, if I were a Madrid fan, I wouldn't be worried about their their league form at all. One thing I would say is like I didn't watch much Spanish football last season, but how actually good were they playing? Like the Champions League run they had, we outplayed them for 180 minutes, bar the sort of extra time. That was it. The round before Chelsea pretty much dominated them and threw it away, and I think they did. Was there another tie in the Champions League? Well, they, they, came, they from? came from behind all three ties. PSG, yeah. Chelsea, City, they came from behind to win. Can they do that again this season? I, I think we're, we've probably progressed in terms of how we manage games, how we're performing this season in terms of like a solid unit. Real Madrid, surely, if they've gone slightly backwards from what they were doing last year when they were overachieving in those 10, 15 minutes of madness three times in, in a cup, cup tie... Surely this season is the year where we just go there and if we play anywhere near like we did at the Etihad in that first leg with Haaland in the side, it would probably be 6-0 before they started to even dust themselves down and think, Blumenek, what's going on? Players like Modric last season at the Etihad, they look they looked like a pub player in the first half. They could not get near the ball. And that's what I'm sort of holding on to hope this year is that if their La Liga form has dropped massively again without watching too much of it, that this year is the year where we we're just a different beast that they can't handle. Their sort of aura is not going to get through them through us this year. I think that's the difference. I, I don't think this Real Madrid side have changed whatsoever to the team that won La Liga with flying colors last season. But I do think that City have changed. And and you look at that final 10, 15 minutes in Madrid last year where where we get sucker punched. Um, I think City are able to deal with that this year because they we've seen they have the ability to sit on the edge of their own box and counterattack. We saw it at Arsenal. I think I think that game at the Emirates is is exactly how City win this tie. Didn't have a lot of the ball at the Emirates, but we stayed solid and the superstars, Kevin De Bruyne, Jack Grealish, Erling Haaland, they go forward, they score three goals. They're, they're just ruthless. They pick the moments and they're ruthless. I think that's how you win this tie. Is there any reason to be scared of this aura? We talk about, you know, especially when we look, do look at the things like the transfer window, Absolutely. the Haaland debate, the Bellingham. Well, but we are, look, I'll phrase this question a different way. Of all the teams in the competition that went into the knockout stages, and it applies now even more so than then, are Real Madrid the only team that we should fear in this competition? Other than Liverpool, who are not in it, then yes. Well, yeah. Yeah, I think... <laughs> Until until City win the competition, especially if they win the competition in a way that they kind of exercise some of the demons, like either beating Real Madrid in a semifinal or a final, or they beat English opposition in a semifinal or a final. Un- until City do that and prove that the demons have been exercised, um, it's hard to not have that just one little butterfly in your stomach to remind you that you know what city's past is in this competition and you you, you know you can't you can't kind of downplay what city's past is so absolutely i'd still be slightly worried if if we do get that 10 15 minutes where it gets a bit rocky and benzema gets gets on the ball and vinicius gets in behind a few times then you're obviously going to have flashbacks to the 4-3 or the last 15 minutes at the burnabout but like i said i think the the positive mindset is that this city team just looks built a little bit different this year and they look like they'd be able to deal with that more than City teams of the past. And Haaland, Haaland is absolutely an X factor here as well. We can't forget about that. He, we've seen it this season so many times. That man turns it on to 
different levels when it's a big game. He really, really does. And it's almost cliche that he's been signed, he's been brought in to win City the Champions League. But in a sense, whether or not he has been signed to win City the Champions League, which I think is a load of horseshit, but the fact remains that he could be the man that gets us over the line. He could be that X factor that lifts everyone else and that that can put away put the ball away in those crucial moments where perhaps in the past we haven't got that decisive goal. Um if we're going to go looking at typical City and that bit of doubt in the mind, I think we're more likely to lose in the final, to be honest, to one of the Milan clubs than we are to lose to Madrid. But I, I'm not particularly scared myself of Madrid. I think that we are now well past the stage. Uh, and Dave, I'm going to ask to know if you agree here, but I think we are past the stage where we are mentally the underdogs. Because, of course, it takes years to get rid of that. You know, from the come up in 2008... It takes a while, really. So before we go to the break, just your opinion. Um, have have we got rid of that underdog mindset? Yeah, I think so. I, I think we've we've fallen short so many times where it was typical City and it was like, oh, even the players were probably thinking it, that now it's gone so so many have happened that it's almost like it's now our time. It We are due it. It's, it goes past being typical City to now we are due it. And I think not only is Haaland obviously the goal scorer that can... And can fire us to winning it. It's the mentality that he's bringing as a 21-year-old into a bunch of senior players that you see it week in, week out from his celebrations, from his like pep talk, his attitude, his energy. I think that is going to be a huge, huge factor in the game that he's going to be dragging players like Grealish. I think Grealish did a quote, didn't he, saying he, he stuck a leg out for the cross and he was unfit. I don't see him doing that when Haaland's on the pitch shouting at you from the front or Diaz shouting at you from the back. So, yeah, I, I think it's Typical city's gone and it's it's our year this year. Lovely positive note to end the first <laughs> part. All right, let's go for a break and afterwards we'll talk about players, lineup, and the city approach. The treble is in sight for City, and you can gear up for what could be a big few weeks of our wooing and man blueing by heading over to Beer Monster. Beer Monster is the place to find all of your favourite household names at refreshingly low prices with the likes of Brewdog, Goose Island and Budvar available at the click of a finger. If you're feeling fruity, you could even try out one of the famous Beer Monster kegs, which allows you, the listener, to pour the perfect pint from the comfort of your own home. All purchases over £35 come with free delivery, and if you're quick, you can also grab an extra £5 off with the discount code CityPod05. That's £5 off any order with the code CityPod05. UK only, terms and conditions apply, drink responsibly. Welcome back to the City Report podcast. This is your place for daily Manchester City content. Now, the squad, the lineup, how we approach it. Away at the Bernabeu, we've got games back to back to back to back at the moment. Rodri's looking a bit tired, Grealish has had a rest and Ake picked up another injury. So, Adam, I'm going to come over to you first. Looking at the squad, as far as we know, everyone is available except Nathan Ake, who is a doubt. We've not had any confirmation. And Cole Palmer as well, who I don't think we we're going to see anyway, but just for uh, posterity, he is also likely to be unavailable. So how do we line up? What are we going to look like? 
I think you go with exactly the way you played against Bayern. Um, without Nathan Ake, I think you'll see a back four of... Well, this is the issue now, is if you go like for like to have a, left cent- a left-sided center back, left-footed, left-sided center back in the, in the back three or back four, and you keep tucking John Stones into midfield, then you can't play Kyle Walker. So you'd have to say it would be Laporte coming in. But then that's the issue of does Pep trust Laporte? Is he willing to play Laporte in a big game when maybe his attitude is not you know, where Pep wants it to be? If I had my druthers, it would be Laporte straight in for Ake and keep the exact same system that we played against Bayern, which is the 3-2-4-1 with, with Stones tucking into midfield. Your back three would be Akanji, Diaz, Laporte, uh, Rodri and Stones as the two, the two pivots. And then um, I think that front five picks itself, Grealish, Gundogan, De Bruyne, Bernardo on the right that can track back and deal with whether it's Rodrigo or Vinicius on that side, but can also provide you something going forward. He can press, and then obviously the big man up front. So I think the the two games against Bayern showed you exactly what City need to do in the big games where there is a lot more threats going forward than, than maybe we're used to in, in the Premier League. So for me, it picks itself. The only slight question mark is that Laporte and Walker, but Walker coming in changes everything because you got to play a, a flat back four with Walker, and it hasn't looked quite as good as the the three two. So, um, and did Riyad Mahrez play him in play himself into the team? You know, a hat trick in the in the cup semifinal looked really good against Leeds. Had I think two assists in, in that game. So those are the little question marks. But for me, I think you stick with what worked against Bayern. Yeah, the, the front line, I think, is easier, at least. I think whether we go with... It's going to be Grealish and Haaland. I think the, the question is whether it's going to be Mahrez or Bernardo or Phil, even, on that right-hand side. But whichever of those three we go with, personally, I'm fairly happy with. KDB, Gundo, Rodri, again, in midfield. But I just want to frame what you just said and then pass it over to Dave. With regards to the defence, if we go with Laporte, and we line up with that three at the back in the way that we used to with Stones moving into midfield, that indicates that we intend to enforce our style of play on the game and show very little regard to Madrid. If we go with Walker, that is an adjustment to the opposition. It's going to be likely going to be Vinicius on that left-hand side for them. So down our right-hand side, which would be Walker. Dave, how, how do we approach this, mate? Are we... Are we good enough at this point and confident enough to go away to the Bernabeu and say, you know what, Ancelotti, your challenge is to counteract how we're going to play. We don't care who you've got down that left-hand side. Or do we need to show a little bit of respect or even a lot of respect to how they're going to set up and perhaps go with that flat back four and put Walker in at right back? I'm going to stay positive. I'm going to say we shouldn't be showing them respect and we're, we're 20 games unbeaten now. Um, Akanji's doing really well on that right-hand side. I thought Laporte looked pretty solid when he came in at the weekend. He did his job well. His build-up play was nice. I think that's where I would go with it. I would play Bernardo Silva 100% on that right-hand side. What he did against Bayern pushing back the... the, the Well, I mean, Bayern Munich's front line are just as quick as Vinny Jr. and, and Rodrigo, and they didn't really, but they they did okay, didn't they? But Bernardo Silva's pressing in that first game, particularly, was absolutely phenomenal. So, I would go a Kanji with Bernardo Silva on that right hand side rather than 
switching it all to Carl Walker just to play Carl Walker on that right-hand side against Vinny Jr. Um, if you can all just forget about that Fernandinho moment that yeah, he had against him. He is he is fast, but <laughs> if he doesn't get the ball, he can't really do much with that pace. So that's where I would probably go with it, but I'm not getting paid the big bucks. Yeah, I, I'm with David. I think that if you don't have Kyle Walker in the back four to kind of nullify the speed of Vinicius, I think Bernardo Silva is the check and balance up top. I think he is the guy that can, from the front, press a little bit more and keep the ball away from Vinny Jr. But I mean, like David said, that Bayern Munich left side is no slouch. I mean, Alfonso <laughs> Davies and Kingsley Komen or Leroy Sané, whoever it was, I mean, I, I would say Alfonso Davies is sometimes more of a headache than Vinicius Jr. can be on his night. So... Um, and there was a little tweak in that Bayern game that's worth pointing out is typically Stones has been tucking into midfield from from right back. But in the Bayern games, he was stuck tucking into midfield from center back, and that limited the amount of ground that he had to cover to get to midfield from the defense. And that put Akanji out on, on that right side. And I thought he did so well with Davies and, and whether it was Komen or Sané on that side. So I think for... The theory of keeping what has worked, which is that three-two buildup, I think Walker can't get in the team. I think you you can't throw away that three-two because it's been so good. And I think Bernardo and Akanji on that side are enough of of checks and balances there, and enough pace and enough energy to be able to deal with with Vinicius. Because it is worth pointing out, it is Vinicius basically by himself on that side. There isn't an Alfonso Davies to overlap him. I don't think Fairlawn Mendy is fit. Um, but even so, if he was if he was fit, he's no Alfonso Davies. So th- this left side of Madrid may even be less of a headache than than the Bayern left side. By by the looks of it, sorry Dave, just before you jump back on, by the looks of it, it was Camavinga that actually played left back in their final. Exactly. He's he's not going to be overlapping the way Alfonso Davies does. That was exactly what I was going to say. I don't think they're playing their centre midfielder at left back like we are with John Stones stepping in. I think that's a, a makeshift that. Actually, Bernardo Silva playing out there against a young central midfielder playing out of position is probably somewhere we could actually exploit, let alone change our entire right-hand side because of what they've got going forward. Because I can't, again, I don't watch a huge amount of Real Madrid, but I can't imagine that Vinny Jr. is tracking back a whole lot to help out Karma Vanga, if that's how you say his name. And Bernardo Silva could, well, you can't get the ball off him, can you? So <laughs> good luck to Karma Vanga trying to get the, the ball off Bernardo Silva, just slipping one in for Haaland. So... Yeah, I, I, yeah, I would not be changing it. I think, as as Adam just said there, let's let's keep Bernardo and the Kanji on that right hand side. All right, before we wrap up, I've got an interesting question. I'm going to open the floor, um, Booker again. I'd imagine you've got something to say as a connoisseur of La Liga. Is there a single? And, I, and I'm going to preface this by saying I think the answer last season would have been very different to this season, given the uh, upshot in form of our very own Super Jack, but. Is there any player in that Madrid side that gets into the City first eleven? Um, that the reason this is a really difficult question is because of the weird system that we play. If 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 we assume that we play just a f- normal four three three like we've played in years past. It's really hard to weigh, to look away from Luka Modric because on his day he still is a probably top three midfielder in the world. Um, 
But then again, you look at the city midfield and who are you taking out for him? And I don't know. It's hard yeah. to do. It's hard to answer these questions because. Okay, okay, okay. Let let let, let me give it more context there. Okay, we're lining up against Madrid. Yeah, right. And before the game, for whatever stupid reason, the rules have changed, and Ancelotti says, "Pep, you can have one man from our squad, and you can start him in your three-five-two, three-two, three-two, whatever, however the hell we're lining up at the moment with everyone floating around anyway." But we can have one player and they can start against Madrid. Do we even take anyone? Is there anyone? I, I mean, personally, I'm looking at maybe Chouameni or potentially Militao, but uh, no. Diaz and Stones, Vinicius rather than Grealish. I don't, I don't think there, I don't there think anyone? there's a, no, I don't think there's a single one. But that is a complicated question because City's recruitment is so good that every mm. player is so perfect for the way we play. There isn't really anybody in the squad that isn't doesn't fit the system, and if they do, they don't play. It's as simple as that. If it was just a pick a best eleven purely on talent, there may be some Real Madrid players that get in there. I think I think Vinicius is a better winger than Jack Grealish, but I want Jack Grealish on the pitch for City because of the energy he brings, his ability to track back. How many times have we seen him tracking back almost all the way to to City's corner flags to to mop things up? Vinicius isn't doing things like that. If it was simply pick a best 11 on talent alone yes there are a few madrid players that may get it modric vinicius but would i take any of them in this city team no all right i'm going to open this up a little bit more before we go over to you dave is there a single player in the champions league that would get into our first 11 left in the competition no 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 oh. um, is there is there a player in europe at the moment genuinely that you would put in ahead of any of our best 11 i i'm genuinely struggling to think of anybody i think possibly the big one the hot topic jude maybe could could start be starting for city over gundo is he ready yeah I, it's a good question. This system, like Adam said, is a very tough one to try and take people out because they, it feels like they are all primed and trained specifically like robots to or army people to just play these roles so well. Um, I was going to say... For me, sorry, go on. I was going to say Rudiger from the Real Madrid side purely not because I think he's better than Akanji or Diaz but purely because I just don't want him to play against Man City. He's like a Mane or a Son. <laughs> I just I would rather him on our side in a blue shirt than playing against us because they're, they're three of the players that jump out to me and I'm like, oh, please don't play against mm-hmm. us again. Like so, maybe instead of a Kanji, I would have picked Rudiger. It's it's testament. Sorry, Booker, I'll come back to you in a sec, but it is testament to just how incredible this squad is that we've got this season. That it, it is not easy to name a single player in Europe that would walk in. Um, the only name I've potentially got, and I think it would be one of the defenders that would make way is Gavardiol, perhaps in that Ake role, because he is a bit of a hybrid left-back, left-centre-back kind of player. But I struggle. Adam? I think this is... this. I might get some stick for this. I think that John Stones tucking into midfield isn't a long-term option. I think I'd rather him remain a defender. He's he's not going to become the, the midfielder of the future. I think long-term, you probably want, if you are going to build up with a 3-2... I think you do want another double pivot in there. It doesn't seem like Calvin Phillips is the answer to that. If we're looking around Europe, um, I don't know, 
Chuameni is is decent at at Real Madrid, but I, I can't think of any names at the top of my head. But I do think I would prefer to have another midfielder in there next to Rodri. But then again, John Stones has hardly put a foot wrong. It's not easy, but as I say, and I want to repeat it again, it is testament to just how fucking good this team is. <laughs> that, that there is no player that rolls off the tongue from Europe that would just walk into the city side. Um, I'm going to say the name Lionel Messi, but that's a debate for another day before oh, Booker blows his sop at me. Um, uh, right, so before we wrap up, guys, anything else? In fact, sorry, as always, as I always do with these previews, a uh, couple of score predictions, please, boys. Not for the tie, just for this this leg away at Madrid. Uh, Dave? 2-1. Two, 2-1 one. Two, one City, is that? Yeah, always City, mate, always. Oh, uh, well, <laughs> I don't know. We, we, we do like a touch of cynicism here at the City Report <laughs> podcast. Booker, score prediction. I was going to say 2-1. Um, to switch things up, I'll say 3-2. I think Vin- I think Vinicius and City. I think I think Vinicius and Benzema on their day at the Bernabeu are just so, so difficult to handle. I think they score a couple, but I don't think they'll find any joy at the Etihad. All right. I'm going to be a little bit more optimistic and there's logic here. I'm going to say 4-1 City. I think it's going to be tight. I think it's going to be maybe one goal apiece or 2-1. And I think in the space of about 10 minutes, we're going to take the game away from them. And I say it because too many times we've gone up against giant European opposition, including Madrid last season, dominated them, but not made it count. And it is about time that a scoreline reflected that difference in quality. So I'm going to be optimistic and I'm going to say we're going to absolutely blow them away and bring it home to the Etihad for a procession to the final. So before we wrap up, any other points? Or do either of you want to tell me how deluded I am for saying that? Anything else? No, I I, I understand the thinking. I um, we, we were ta- David and I were talking before we hit record. He was asking me how I was feeling about the game and um, this this chat has given me a bit more nerves, but... Um, I don't know about you guys. I still I still haven't bought in to the competition yet. I will be extremely overjoyed if we win this competition, but if we get knocked out in a semifinal to Real Madrid, I will move on by Thursday morning. <laughs> I, I'm, I'm, I'm similar. I, 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 I'm not getting that nervousness that I used to get against Liverpool in the past four seasons, whether that be a league game or a Champions League game against them. I'm not getting it yet. I feel relatively calm whether that's because I'm confident or whether I just don't care as much. I'm not too sure. I'll probably see tomorrow about 7 o'clock. Let, let's put it this way. I'm looking ahead more to Goodison than I am the Bernabeu. Yeah. No, I feel similar. For, for me, I want us to win the competition to cement the legacy of certain people at City. Uh, De Bruyne, of course, Guardiola, and to give Haaland his shot, a very good shot at the Ballon d'Or when it happens uh, at the beginning of next season. But you know what? For me, win it, and then I couldn't give a fuck. Yeah. Every year. Win it and get year. relegated to League One. That's the fantasy or, world. Or even, you know what? Win it and donate it to United, because they're doing what they can to throw away their qualification. Yeah, So win it, and then every season from here, donate it to whichever poor club has spent hundreds of millions and still can't qualify. Give it to them. Don't care. Happy for us to go on and win the domestic cups every season. But we do need to do it. There's, there's, there's people within this team, within the club that deserve it. Uh, and it will shut a whole host of people up as well. So we'll see what attitude we have after we've gone and thumped Madrid as to whether or not we really do want to win it. But 
You'll find that on the review, which will come out the day after the game. Listeners, enjoy it. Hopefully, we'll do ourselves justice and show what a force we really are. Booker, thank you very much. Thank you. David, thank you very much. Thank you, sir. I've been Ollie, and this has been the City Report podcast. Make sure you're geared up for Man City's end-of-season running with McDelivery. Great food delivered right to your door. By using McDelivery, you won't miss a moment of City's crucial running, and just like Kevin De Bruyne, they deliver your order exactly where you want it. Order McDelivery now on the McDonald's app. Are you in? At participating restaurants only, 18 and plus, serving times, delivery fee, and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. 